0: We are about to have a wonderful interview with my friends from India, Yesupadam and Monica. You don't want to miss a moment. Once a year, sometimes it's every other year. But when we have our friends, Yesu and Monica, visiting from India, and we are here doing radio, we bring them on. You've heard their amazing story in the past, how God brought them together. You've heard Yesu testimony, growing up in untouchable, saved, radically, stolen for preaching the gospel. Uh, We want to tell you some amazing things happening in India, happening in Madagascar, happening in Germany, yes, Germany, with a hope for God to send revival to Europe. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Michael Brown. Delighted to be with you. I'm not taking general calls today. If you have a specific question about what God's doing in Europe, if you have a question about persecution in India, or just a question that you really feel, Yesupatam or Monica, could help in terms of your own walk with God— Phone lines are open, 866-348-7884. I first went to India to work with Yesupadam in 1993. And God willing, later this year will be trip number 27 to India. I only missed one year, and that's when terrorist attacks broke out right before I was about to come. And we were told it's not safe to travel. But we made up for that by going twice another year. So it's basically once a year going on 27 years, the only country in the world we've done something like this. So, Yesupadam, Monica, great to have you with us today.
2: So
3: good to be with you,
0: my friend.
2: Good to be with you again.
0: All right, so, Yesupadam, what is happening in India right now with the national government, but then with the government of of your state?
3: It's amazing. You know, in the national way, actually, This is the BJP, which is basically an anti-Christian government, was ruling for the last five years. We had more persecution last five years than ever before. But in the middle of that, as we have been praying and trusting God, the same government came to power with more majority. Mm. So really trusting God that Lord will give us a grace and enable us to accomplish what God called us to do. And we are not praying, actually, that there will be no persecution, but praying that God will give us grace and strength so that we will continue to do what God called us to do. But in, in the middle of that, we also have a, uh, elections for our state government. And uh, the Christian man who started the, the political party won the election with real landsliding victory, mm. out of 175 seats, he won 151. Maybe first time in the history of Indian elections, one single political party got so many seats, and uh, he's amazing. His whole family are Christians, and he came to with the Bible to the to the swearing in ceremony. And, uh, and the pastors, you know, he invited pastors to sing a, a hymn there and uh, read a Bible and pray over mm. him in a public ceremony. You know, this is never heard and never seen in the history. And he's doing everything he can do to help support the Christian community and pastors and the churches. This is amazing. I'm so thrilled to see being a part of it real part of it and uh, actually before the elections he invited five christian leaders from all over the state out of 50 million people in the state and i am one among them mm. and uh, we had a, a amazing time and he asked us to you know help him and cooperate with him and first time in the history of all my ministry of 43 years i was involved and stirred with the politician It really encouraging people, knowing that the national government is against Christians, but we so badly needed a Christian man to support us in our state. And so this is amazing what is happening, and we are thrilled to see what the Lord has for us for the next five years in the state of Andhra Pradesh and also in the nation of India.
0: Uh, Amazing. I, I remember when we were talking in the last year or two about persecution and you were saying openly this may be the time when you have to stand up publicly and, and die. I remember talking privately to Monica about the seriousness of the issue and, and what this could mean. And, of course, said, your heart was unflinching. You're, you're going to stand for the Lord. You've always done that. When when death threats have come against you and your family, you've preached all the more boldly. I'm, I'm an, an eyewitness to it. And we've been on the front lines together. But I also remember that when people were saying that there are about 3% Christians in the state of, in the nation of India, and it's been like that for, for many, many, many years, about 3% Christian, that, that you were telling me, no, no, the numbers are too low. And we know in the state of Andhra, there are more. And then the, the, the previous chief minister of the state uh, died in a helicopter crash, and he was an open Christian, the father of, of this newly elected one. And I remember you both telling me that you were shocked to see how many people were speaking out about what an incredible man he was, what a blessing he was, and how many Christians there were. So is, is it true, brother, that, that the, the, rate, uh, the number of Christians in Andhra Pradesh is much higher than 3%? Absolutely. There is no way
3: to say 3%. We believe at least 20 to 25% of people are Christians incredible you know that's amazing that's that's the power of the gospel you know when gospel is preached and lived out there's no power on earth can stop it and come again it. and it has been proven for the last two thousand years especially in my own life there's no power no government can come against the gospel and stop the spreading of the gospel and more persecution, more people know come to know the Lord, and especially in India, people are amazing people and the the Hindus are great people, they are good people, they are the people who are looking for God, mm. they don't care what the government thinks, so it is a very minority, very small percent of the people who are very anti Christian, but most of the hindus they they love us and they stand with us, and they want the gospel to be preached. And last year alone, we built 100 churches. Mm. I mean, this year we are planning to do 200 where the people are coming from. Mm. The people are being saved, and we are building, planting church after church after church after church. And that shows that though it is not recorded in the government statistics, But in reality, there are so many Christians. That's why the fact is some of the Hindu organizations who are coming against Christians who wanted India to be a totally Hindu nation, they are aware of the facts. So they feel threatened, actually, because of the amazing growth of Christianity. And not only in Andhra, Pradesh, even in India, that's why more persecution is coming to stop it, but mm. in the process of trying to stop it, it's expanding more
0: than ever. Praise God! You know, it's a, such a thrill to see what the Lord is doing. And you know, friends, as Jesus Potom speaks with such faith and confidence, uh, he's not only been stoned for preaching the gospel. Three of his pastors have been martyred for preaching the gospel. These are people that he and I laid hands on and, and sent out, and they've planted over seven thousand churches in tribal regions and in other areas. Over 7,000, the number I think is appreciably higher than that. And it's also important to have church buildings. One thing is when you're out in in the more impoverished regions, there's no place where people can meet. You you have a little hut. You you can't get 20 or 30 people or 50 people in there. Also, when you have a building, it kind of sends a message to the community and, and it gives it more credibility. And what's happened is as Hindus have been burning Hindu radicals, Hindu militants have been burning the buildings down because just it's a thatched roof and it's easily set on fire. So what Yesupadam and his team has done is said, listen, you build the walls. We'll come in with the roof, concrete roof. So your building can't think of building a church building specifically so it won't be burnt down. Think of that. All right. But for five hundred fifty dollars, they can not only do this, but also provide a, a sound box so a little amplifier for the pastors. So they set up shop. They start preaching. The, these pastors and their families are willing to die for Jesus. I, I, I know them. I, I know these, these men and their families. They've lived this out. They go into the dangerous areas willingly. But now you have a physical building. So the, the radicals, look, we just burnt down your thatch roof building, and now you have a concrete roof building, and now you have a sound system. So last year, as the building started to get burnt, Yesupadam had in his heart, you burnt down one, we're going to build 100. And they did. And they did it with your help. Many of you built buildings for church buildings for believers in India last year. In fact, after they were on the air with me, I was speaking at a conference in Canada, and people came up to me and said, hey, I heard you on the radio. I, I want to, or I saw you on YouTube. I want to give you this gift to build a church. building." They're putting it in my hand to to turn over to them. So, Here's what I want to encourage you to do right now, all right? It's $550 to do it. Some of you can build 10 of them. Some of you can build a tenth of one, all right? So whatever you can do, go to lncministries.org. That's love and care, L-N-C, as in love and care, lncministries.org, and click on Donate. And if it's, if it's $550, if it's $55 or if it's 5500 make it some number like that. It'll be immediately identifiable as to what it's for, all right? And this will be, you. Think, of, think of if you ever get over to India one day and get to see the building that you built, the Christians that meet there, the Hindus and others that got saved. And, and if you don't get to go to India in this lifetime, in the world to come, you'll get to meet all these people And you'll you'll never make an investment that goes farther than doing that. Yeah, so just remarkable. Also, while you're on the website, if you think, I want to partner on a long-term basis, you can sponsor a child. These kids that are cared for, that are given healthy meals, that are taught the gospel, that are raised to love the Lord, and, and they get fine educations, or you can sponsor one of these pastors on the front lines, out in dangerous areas for what you and your family spend when you go to a nice restaurant one night, you, you sponsor a pastor for, for a month or more. So while you're on the website, if you want to do something ongoing, lncministries.org. We come back, I want to talk to Monica about how the gospels making an impact on whole communities in India and in Madagascar, and then going to Europe. Stay right here.
1: The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
0: Thanks for joining us, friends. I'm speaking face-to-face with some of my dearest friends on the planet, Yesupadam and Monica from India. And right on the other side of the wall, Yesupadam's son, Sunil, who we've known also since 1993, baptized him when he was, what, about... 18 years old or, or younger, long, long time ago before he was married with his three amazing kids. Yes. So <clears throat> uh, when I first went to India in 93, Yesu Padam spoke to me about the prosperity message coming from America and how ugly that message was. And he said, brother, we, we know about living by faith. Brother, we, we know about... We know about... Uh, we know about um, and guys, we just have a mic on in the next room, just letting you know somehow. Okay, so <laughs> um, he said, we know how to live by faith, brother. And he was really offended by the American prosperity message. And when I sat down with Yesu Potom as I was writing my book, Playing with Holy Fire, Wake Up Call, the Pentecostal Charismatic Church, I, I asked him, what's the biggest problem in the church in India right now? He said, the prosperity message. So we absolutely oppose that and reject that. But we believe that the gospel makes a difference in people's lives in a holistic way. So, so Monica, you've been an eyewitness to this now. Mm -hmm. As the gospel has gone to villages, completely unreached villages, where people lived in little huts and exposed to the elements and and kids dying of malnutrition left and right and no educational system, no electricity, no running water— You're an eyewitness to this. Even the community in which you live and you've planted churches and schools and hospitals all this. What have you seen with your own eyes?
2: Yeah, it's been an amazing transformation. I've been there 22 years now. When I first went, every village was huts with no electricity, no proper roads. And we, as our women's group, we used to go door to door hut to hut, sharing the gospel, praying for the sick, praying for the demon-possessed, and seeing God touching the lives. And just over the years, then, uh, we have groups that go into the tribal area, the mountains, the, the last villages they can possibly walk to up the mountains. And everywhere that we've planted a church or shared the gospel, the Lord has blessed that place. I've watched it happen. So then... We, pl- we share the gospel, we build a church, and then the government comes in there and brings paved roads to their village, electricity, they get wells, uh, they, um, they get schools, and I, it's been an amazing thing. And recently we went to one of the last villages up a road, it was really difficult to get to. We are building a church there, and we went to the next village that already had a church, and everyone there, all the adults were Christians. Mm. So whole villages are accepting the gospel, Praise and God. then the whole village is being blessed and transformed.
0: Uh, amazing. J- just amazing. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's switch countries to, to Madagascar. When I first went to minister in Korea, South Korea, in 1990, I was speaking at a Missions Bible College and then doing some other meetings and a young man came up to me. He looked very disheveled. Um, he barely spoke English. He was missing one hand, and he said to me in broken English, "I believe God called me to be missionary to India." I thought, "Oh yeah, right, sure, yeah." I mean, I, I just looked. <laughs> I looked at it in the natural. I did. So I prayed for him. You know, faithless, I tried to pray in faith. Prayed for him. Well, not only did God send this this young man to 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 India, then with his Korean wife. He learned Telugu so well that he and his Korean team put out praise and worship CDs in, in Telugu. Uh, and and he, he became a powerful translator for Yesupadam and, and helped raise funds in Korea for the work in India. I mean, an incredible witness, incredible story. And then God calls him and his wife to Madagascar. So, so, Monica, paint a picture of Madagascar for us in terms of the poverty, in terms of the needs, and then what's happened now to this extension of your ministry uh, through one of your spiritual sons, a Korean son and daughter, mm-hmm. actually, in Madagascar.
2: Yeah, they actually went to Madagascar for their anniversary, not to oh. see the needs of the nation. <laughs> and when they were there, God just burdened their hearts. They saw the children on the streets, the, the single mothers, and sleeping under the trees. And the poverty, it's around the 10th poorest nation in the world even Amazing. now. A lot of corruption, 23 million people. And, and where,
0: where exactly is it located? It's
2: uh, on the East Coast Across from Zimbabwe and uh, South Africa.
0: And as far as an island, how big is it compared to others? Fourth
2: largest in the world. Okay. So it's quite huge.
0: So it's a big island, but very poor.
2: Yeah, very poor. And so then they started by feeding the kids lunch every day, these homeless kids. And then uh, six years ago, they started the first school there because none of these kids go to school. Many children never go to school. And now in six years, they have... They have 21 schools running Incredible. in the country. Incredible. In different places, different villages, even in the bushes. They call them bush people. You can only get there by water. So they take the boat and and uh, started clinics there. And they're educating 2,800 kids right now. Incredible. Yeah. And three schools are under construction right now. Wow. And they're able to have
0: the teachers, the personnel and everything? The
2: teachers, well, there's no training school, so we're planning to build a training school. We have the land for that. But they just train them with a couple weeks, two, three weeks, and then they put them as teachers because the need is so great. And then they train them as they go. Got it. So they have a lot of people coming there, Koreans, Canadians, different people going to help train the teachers.
0: Remarkable. And what about feeding programs?
2: Yeah, they're feeding those children every day. They just started feeding 100 prisoners in a prison that we went to to share the gospel about five years ago. And these prisoners were starving to death because they didn't have family to bring them food for extra nutrition. And now feeding those prisoners every day. So helping wherever the needs are.
0: Yeah, and and friends, if you heard us talk about Madagascar in the past, maybe you listened to a previous interview Things continue to grow uh, dramatically in, in in amazing amazing ways, and uh, I mean, you're talking about literally having a national impact and, and national leaders seeing seeing what's happened. Yes, upon when you went to the prison the first time, can you describe the conditions in, in this prison, what people were, were living with, and then what happened when you preached the gospel?
3: Well, I'm from India, which is considered by the poor country. Yeah, but when I went there, I have never seen a prison like that. There were no buildings, all broken down buildings, all the people, all of them, actually, they have no rooms to stay inside the room. There's a big ground there. Only the wall around that with the police protection keeps them inside. And I've never seen such a broken uh, and a dirty prison in all my life. When I went there, actually, they gave us permission for all the prisoners to come. There are men, women, and even the juvenile, and the different buildings, but the same campus. And there are some pregnant women, women with the babies. They brought all of them outside so that we can share the gospel with them. I shared my testimony, and uh, we have some friends from America, from Canada, from Australia, from India. And I, my heart broke when I went there first time. I took them, and I, I shared the gospel with them. And I asked them at the end of the sharing, how many of you want this Jesus? And he, more than 800 people raised their hands. Mm. That was an amazing scene just to watch. And mm. we gave them all Bibles. We distributed the Bible. Then they asked us to, if you want to build a church inside. I said, sure. In three months, we built a church there by God's grace. And it's the prisoners who helped us to build. We gave them the material and they built it every day. Like every time I go there, I go see them. I have never seen People worshiping so free in the prison. People are so free to worship God, to raise their hands up, and praising God. And that made the first church ever in the country of Madagascar inside the prison. That's amazing to see what God is doing there. And
0: people are there every day?
3: Every day they go there.
0: Wow. Uh, Amazing. Listen, friends. This is real life stuff we're talking about, <laughs> real life stuff, real needs, re- real problems. This is not the kind of stuff that you, you're going to see on TV necessarily because it's just happening. And you've, you've got, you've got uh, Young Min Cho and his wife from Korea serving there with their team. If you have a heart to serve God, friends, God can use you. Yes, we just got a, about a minute and a half before the break But there are a lot of people who feel like, I I can't be used by God. I'm not a good preacher. I don't have special talents. Speak to those people.
3: Friends, I was an untouchable boy left to die on the street with starvation. Nobody wanted to touch me. Nobody wanted me. But God, in his mercy, picked me up from there. And I have no degrees. I have no money. I have no abilities. Only thing I know, that Jesus is real. He changed my life. That's all I did. You can, we don't need anything to go to people. God can use anybody. I believe Jesus is looking for those tied up donkeys to untie them and ride on them and use them for his glory. It's time for all of us to go and reach the people who are broken, unreached, looking for some of us to go and touch their lives with the gospel of Jesus.
0: You heard it, friends, from someone who is doing it. I'm an eyewitness. We've been in this together. We've witnessed and seen what God has done. If he can use Jesupatim, if he can use Monica, if he can use Cho, if he can use me, he can use you. Trust me. If he can use any of us, he can use you. And friends, some of you can use right now with your finances. Go to lncministries.org, as in love and care, lncministries.org. Remember, for $550, that completes the building of a church building that sends a great witness out to the surrounding Hindu communities and others. Also, an amplification system, a sound box. And these preachers, these pastors will use it and get the message out. lncministries.org. Make your contribution today. And together we'll get to share the reward in heaven. We've got more amazing stories when we come back.
3: It's
1: the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866 34 Truth. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
0: Friends, I've got some special encouragement for you. A, a great report about what you did a year ago. I'm sitting in studio with my dear friends, Yesu and Monica from India. Last year, we presented a major need to you. Hindu radicals were burning down church buildings in villages in India, also killing pastors and leaders. And Yesupadam felt, if you burn one of our buildings, we'll build hundred back. Now, remember, you're talking about in these tribal villages, impoverished villages, where the church building can be a thatched roof building, so easily burnt down. So if you have walls, brick walls, concrete walls, concrete roof, it's not going to be burnable in that way. And it also sends a message, you burn down one thing, we built something better. So the vision was to build 100 of these buildings, and Yesu and his team will put the roof on and then provide a sound system, a, a sound box to amplify the preaching and the outreach from the pastors. And some of these pastors have paid with their own lives. Families have watched husbands and fathers be martyred for the gospel, and they don't flinch. They continue to move forward and, and preach Jesus. I am an eyewitness to it. So last year, we, we shared the need over the radio— $550 to build a church building. And I, I just found, I thought it was like five, six, or seven that came through from the listening audience. just found out that about 30 buildings were built by you, 30 church buildings. And again, you got to understand this provides room for more people to come together, 20 or 30 or 50 people to come together. It sends a message in the community. It's, it's very, very powerful. So th- that's amazing. Thank you. The great news is that you've got an opportunity to do more because this is still happening. The persecution is still there. And the vision now is to build 200 new buildings. And uh, again, to do this, friends, some of you can build multiple buildings, can build two. That's $1,100. Some can build 10 or 15. you just have those kind of finances. Some others you can get $5 or or $55 uh, to help. Go to LNC Ministries, Love and Care Ministries, lncministries.org and click on one-time donation to give and that's where the money will go. Yes, Uh in America, we have our house churches and we have mega churches. We have buildings that seat 10,000 and then we have people that meet in, in homes and a lot of Americans think, you know, we don't need buildings. Buildings are not that important. Why is it so important, especially in these tribal regions and these these outlying regions. Why is a physical building so important to have? Number one is for the believers to come
3: together. Their houses are very small. They live in a small hut. Even for a family to be, live in one hut is not even sufficient. So to bring like a 30, 40, 50 people, the whole village, sometimes it could be 100, 150 people. The churches we are building can hold 100 to 150 people. Incredible. And uh, bringing all of them. And the amazing thing is, in many villages we have gone, the whole village accepts Jesus. Mm. it's uh, Where do you put them all? And also, you know, it's also a good testimony for the other villages to see that they have a place for them to worship their God. I met a, a friend, a Hindu friend of mine, and he told me that your God is a great God, mm. you know, and uh, why should He live in a hut mm. when our idols <laughs> is a huge oh, that's village? Wild. I mean, it's like a. But that's not the purpose why we want to have it. It is for the people to come together, and when there is a church in a village, if there are some people who are not Christians set in that village, they also come if there is a place. And also it's not convenient for people to come to the homes. So this is one of the greatest needs. Anyone mm. who is involved in the church planting and training pastors to plant churches understands that this is one of the greatest needs. One of the greatest dreams of a pastor is to have a place where he can bring the whole village together to one place. So that's why this is very critical, very important, and uh, that's why I know I know beyond any shadow of the doubt. This is God's plan to have it.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I've I've been out to some of these outlying places, and you just show up and it's an event. I mean, I've been there in some places the first time they saw a a white man. So that's the event. You just literally have a crowd that comes around you looking at you. Just just as long as you stand there, they'll look. Uh, But when you're talking about a, a local leader they're not coming to look at him. He's, he's local. They, they know him. But when you set up your sound system and you start blasting that thing out. That's the only thing in that whole village. I mean, that's, it's not like you got, you know, movie theaters and, and then a rock concert and, and cable ch- uh, channels in your home. That's the only show in town. And people are drawn. And it's, it's extraordinary to see as the gospel actually penetrates hearts and lives and, and people are changed. So, uh, Monica, I, I want to ask you this. A lot of people think, well, India, it's Hindu, and then parts Muslim, and letter superstition, and poverty, and issues, but, but that's India, or, or Madagascar, where your ministry works, and, you know, that's an impoverished island off the coast of Africa, and is okay, that's one thing, but come on, the same thing doesn't work in Europe, the same thing's not going to work in a country like Germany, or a country like America, the same thing's not going to work. So, so Monica, you're you're Canadian, but with German blood. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you describe Germany and the German people, especially in contrast with India? And and then, that's my first question, and the second question we'll get to, does the gospel work the same way? Do the same principles work the same way in Germany?
2: Well, yeah, that's... It's interesting. When we first started going to Germany, we heard it all the time. When we wanted to do evangelism, they said it doesn't work in Germany. It may work in India. It doesn't work in Germany. So we didn't believe that because the gospel is the power of God to salvation. So we started going to the streets, giving out tracts, putting up sound systems, doing different things. Then God led us to give hot dogs to the the homeless, alcoholics, drug addicts, and uh, also show the love of Jesus. And initially, you know, people are hurting there from their past, their history. So initially people were like, no, we don't want anything to do with the church. But as they realize it's not the church, it's the love of Jesus, it's his love for them, they started opening up. And what God has done over the years, in Germany, has been incredible.
0: And, and let me just jump in. If if you say in India the meeting is going to start at seven mm-hmm. p.m. tonight, uh, what time might it start?
2: Eight, eight thirty.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, people I'll, I'll, come late. Right, right, and and time is a little bit different. I remember the first time I found out there's one time zone for all of India called IST, but not Indian <laughs> Standard Time, Indian Stretchable Time. In Germany, if they say the meeting's going to start at 7, when does it start?
2: 7. On the dot.
0: There's <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just I mean, a, a thousand and one things different between yes. German culture and Indian culture. I just mentioned Absolutely. that as an obvious one. A- a- and people are different. Personalities mm-hmm. are different. Background's different. histories different. Sociology, anthropology, religion, everything's different. Mm-hmm. And yet the same gospel brings the same results.
2: Mm-hmm. And as we, as we got a property and started a church there— the Lord has blessed it so much. It's growing so quickly for German standards. Mm. And uh, the people that come there, they just say this is such an amazing atmosphere, feeling the love of God. They drive onto the property, they say we feel peace. Mm. We feel, you know, God's presence. So wherever God is, wherever the gospel is, people are touched. And and that can go anywhere.
0: Now, you you had a conversation with he related it in a service at Fire Church yesterday. Mm-hmm. But uh, by God's grace, you've built um, amazing things in, in India, not just the churches, more than 7,000 churches planted, but schools, orphanages, old folks homes, training for the handicapped, hospital, one already more to, to come, a larger one to come, uh, nursing school, all kinds of things. And I've watched mm-hmm. over the, the 26 years we've been working together to see everything grow. And Yesupatum's done that by faith
2: mm-hmm. without
0: any guaranteed regular support. Uh, and, and and then uh, Germany now, you're looking to some projects. You're going to need a lot of money, money you don't have. And Yesupatum's thinking about going to the bank. So what did you tell him, Monica?
2: <laughs> well, we were given a house to use for the people from the streets to take them into, just give them a hot meal. Then we wanted to build a home for the homeless people. So he thought, let's go to the bank, let's do it the German way. He was advised to do that. And he was really struggling but thought that was the better way to go. And uh, we did go for some advice on what was needed, but our accountant, when he prepared (laughs) the papers, he pressed the wrong button and lost everything. And our hope to go to the bank was was shattered, and it would have taken a long time to restore that. So then actually he was Yesupam was telling me how he was struggling with that and what to do. Where are we going to get the money? We were told it would cost um, five hundred thousand or something dollars to build this building. And I did challenge him. I said, "You know, have we built any of our buildings in India by taking a bank loan? No. And then why are we thinking of doing that in Germany? Why can't we trust the Lord? And uh, he says, I said, isn't God the same God in India as he is in Germany? Ah. And uh, so he, it was hard. He he actually, actually didn't say anything to me. He didn't respond. But he <laughs> took it to heart. And that same day, somebody came to us and gave us a check for 1,000 euros, which in Germany is a lot of money. And we just knew If we step out in faith, God will provide. And it's two and a half years of building it. Every step of the way, God has provided miraculously. And we are debt-free in building it. And God sends volunteers always exactly what we need at the time to Mm -hmm. help us build it.
0: And and we come back, I want to talk about how property was actually donated and some amazing principles here from Yesu Potom about that. But remember, friends, go to lncministries.org build a church building to make up for one that's been burned down by Hindu radicals in in India. $550, the building gets finished, and the sound system, lncministries.org. If you say, I want to do something on an ongoing basis, I'll help out one time, but I want to do something on an ongoing basis, you can look right on the same website to sponsor a child who will be taught the word and, and raised in a godly environment and cared for for years or you can support a pastor on the front lines for what it costs you and your family to go out for dinner. One time, you can support a pastor and his family for one entire month. LNCministries.org, great testimony when we come back.
1: In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. This is
2: God's guidebook for living. This is God's instruction book. You cannot improve upon it. You cannot live this life with joy and peace and happiness in your life and ignore the instruction book for living. This is it, God's holy word.
1: In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. It's the line of fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
0: Friends, I'm back with my dear friends, Yesupadam and Monica from India. Yesupadam, being raised in untouchable, almost dying of malnutrition as as a little boy, you've seen extreme poverty. You know what it is to literally have nothing, to go days without food, to, to have to drink water falling from the hands of other children because of untouchable status. How is it, my brother, that you have come to believe God for things that, that most of us in America, with all of our opportunity and wealth and all that, have, have a hard time believing a, a fraction of what you're believing for? How is it that, that this vision got put in your heart?
3: I, it always amazes me. When I saw Jesus hanging on the cross, I saw him. And I saw the nail in his hand and the blood drops coming. And I heard him speaking, calling me, Son, I did all this for you. What will you do for me? I realized Jesus is not a story. It's not written by somebody, it's a reality. That reality of Jesus, when I understood, is real, He is true. And then the change that took place in my life because of inviting Him to come into my life. Made me understand Jesus can change anything, Jesus can do anything. So I had no problem trusting that Jesus because He changed my life forever. Alcoholic, gang leader, saw blood of many people, but suddenly that man, in a fraction of a second, like thing, changed forever. And to know that He has that power, I felt, brother. I can trust him with anything. Mm. And uh, I realized if he calls me and he will provide for me and he will take care of me, irrespective of where we are. But still, my mind sometimes, you know, it operates. Then I have to think think again myself and reset my mind, trusting that Jesus who can do anything.
0: Yeah. It's like Peter walking on the water. You know, he's literally walking on the water, but he gets his eyes off for a minute because of the wind and the waves gets scared. But then Jesus catches him anyway, doesn't, doesn't let him brown. Now, when when you were, you mentioned a gang leader. So with the Naxalites, with the Maoist communists, you were a revolutionary. You were like a Marxist revolutionary. and You're going to steal from the rich and give it to the poor and change the world. Obviously, that was demonic and fleshly and destructive and and bloody, when you came to faith, what happened to the revolutionary vision?
3: You know, exactly, actually, what what I thought immediately, it's not the anger, it's not the bitterness, it is not the revengeful heart that can win anything. It is the love. Mm. What I saw there, it's the love of God through Jesus Christ, His Son. And I realized love has more power to change Anything, even the whole world, that gave me so much faith. That thoughts of changing has never changed. Yeah. Which communism cannot do. I thought Christ can do. Yeah. What the hatred is cannot achieve, love can achieve it. So it gave me more hope for a change. Not only to give a hope for our untouchable community, which I was thinking before, but for the whole country of India, I was not talking about the globe then, I was not thinking about the globe, not of any other nations, my people, my people who are looking for God, who wants God, who are going anywhere they can to find the real God, and for me, like, how can anybody miss this reality of real god yeah who is real who can change the so I, I i had no doubt no suspicion that whatsoever that my whole nation my people can be changed by the power of the same jesus who changed me mm. that's the reality so that's why my people i went there and started talking that's Jesus, brother, there's nothing Jesus cannot do. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing absolutely. Then later on, I realized it's not just India. Anywhere, any culture, like my wife shared, the gospel has a power. And that power can change anybody, anywhere around the world. irrespective of their backgrounds other whatever, you know. And uh, that's what I have seen, even in Germany. When I went there first time, I'm a brown. I'm not white, blonde, you know, bald. I'm a brown Indian man. And all the most of the people, when they looked at me, they saw me like, why is he here? What he wants from us. And my heart broke for them.
0: Mm.
3: I went there because God wanted me to go there. And I saw the brokenness in the hearts of the people. I saw the lostness in the hearts of the people. They have money. It's a rich country. But there are lost people on the streets. So if that can change me, that Jesus, if he could able to change me, he could change them. And uh, I neglected the way they treated me. But I concentrated on how we can reach them. And that's why the power of the Lord started changing them. And transforming what's happening in Germany. It's amazing, amazing. What an amazing opportunity for an untouchable Indian man like me to go to that rich country that has a great history in the world that I could go and share the gospel with them and see the transformation. Like Monica mentioned that two and a half years ago, we started a church today we have over 75 people. We have no more mm-hmm. place to put extra chairs in the room. Mm-hmm. For two and a half years, it's considered to be the fast-growing church. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing to say.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, again, the same strategy reflects God's heart to go after hurting people, homeless people, lost people, broken people, not, not as a method of church growth, but as a sharing of God's heart for those who are hurting and lost. And I remember as, as you had, you had a, a a opportunity to get a piece of property with several buildings on it. And when the German Christian friends said, okay, X amount of money and you were believing that God would give you the property that's doesn't work like that here, maybe in India, but not here. (laughs) And then, then they end up giving you the property with all the buildings on it. What was it? Several million dollars worth. And, and, uh, when you asked why, they said, well, the other organizations, they had all the money, but no vision. You had all the vision, but no money. Mm-hmm. And they literally <laughs> donated the property. And Monica, we've just got two minutes, but you recently baptized a number of people, including one that was touched by the ministry years ago. What happened?
2: Mm-hmm. So this young man, he's 25 years old. We baptized him on Easter Sunday with six other people. After he came out of the water, he said, I wanna share something. And he said that 10 years ago, I was a homeless 15-year-old mm. in Bremen. Mm. I was at the train station when you were giving out hot dogs. And that was exactly when we started it, 10 years ago. He said, you, Yesuparam, came to me. You talked to me. You prayed for me. He said, that was the beginning of my journey to coming to Jesus. And now here you are baptizing me. Amazing. And a powerful thing. And we baptized ex heroin addicts, drug addicts, and just watching God transform their lives has been incredible to see.
0: Amazing. By the way, if, if you're watching or listening and you're a pastor, maybe a youth leader, and you wanna bring a team over to India, you wanna serve there and get involved, or you'd like to bring a team over to Germany or Madagascar, there, there are opportunities for this. You will go and serve on the front lines, Uh, Maybe you have construction talents and want to use them. There could be opportunities for that. Uh, You could be a medical doctor and say, hey, is there a way I can help and serve? Or just what can we do? Can we pray? Can we share the gospel? Uh, So again, go to LNC Ministries, Love and Care, lncministries.org. When you're there, make sure you you help out with a one-time donation uh, to build a church building Uh, The goal this year is to build 200 uh, for every one that's been burnt down by Hindu radicals. The first one that came to Aesupadam's attention said, you burnt this down, we'll build 100. They want to build 200 this year. And we were told that that you, our listeners and viewers, helped build about 30 of those buildings. It's $550. Think of that. What What can you build in America or Europe for $550? Here, it finishes a church building, it's a lasting witness in the community and also an amplification system to help pastors speak as well. Yesu literally one minute before we go, would you pray for our listening and viewing audience for the blessing of God?
3: It's an honor, brother. Father, we thank you. I pray for each one of my brother and sister. Let your words penetrate into the hearts of your children to understand How loving you are. How great you are. How much you care for each one of us. How much you love us. And how much you want us to be a blessing to many people around the world. Let this gospel, Lord, go with the power of the Holy Spirit. Touching lives. Changing lives. Bless them. Prosper them.
0: Protect them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. I get to see... Yes, and Monica and the son Sunil here. here. Uh, and then, God willing, just in a few months, the annual trip to India. I already got my tickets booked. And I uh, <laughs> try to do that well in advance. So that's my annual trip over in December, where we get to share in the fruit face-to-face and pour into the precious believers there. Hey, thank you. Thank you, friends, for praying, for caring, for giving. You have no idea the massive difference that you're giving makes lncministries.org let's let's build 50 new church buildings this year and really push back for the glory of god